Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is the CEO and founder of Bandier, Jennifer Bandier. Jennifer might not have known much about the fashion and fitness industries, but that didn't stop her from starting the first boutiques to create stylish athletic wear across a variety of desirable brands. Getting told no every step of the way did nothing to discourage her. And now Bandier stores can be found in five major cities across the U.S. Though it wasn't the easy path, Jennifer always liked to do things her way. And the resilience she cultivated as a result of that is evident in her willingness to take chances that others often deem too risky. Through it all, Jennifer has stayed open, curious, and creative and continues to support other women along the way. Take a listen. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here talking to you. I am too. I feel like I first came across your brand and your company and your store because we both, well, my office is in Flatiron. I believe your first studio was in the Flatiron. Yes. At least the one I discovered. And I was like, where is that music coming from in this, in this beautiful store? And then I figured out there was an entire (laughs) class occurring and I was like, this is a brilliant idea. Why has no one done this? So I would love to dive into your story. And from some of the research I did, you had zero fashion or fitness experience when you launched your company. So let's go to that moment. That's exactly true. I had no experience in retail other than I worked for an English company that had retail locations. It was like HMV. It was the like Tower Records, but in the UK. Okay. And, but it wasn't, my job wasn't as involved in the, in the store. It was more marketing. So I didn't have any fashion experience other than the fact that I love I love discovery and finding things and I loved I didn't even know trend forecasting was actually a job. I had no idea like I just love discovery and exploring and I, I get so excited when I find something new and I really didn't have any I'd always worked my whole life, but my background was music industry. And then I had a short-lived QVC life uh, that was a custom pet products, but it was before you could actually upload your photos. So it was pre-technology and it was a lot of work and and it wasn't, it, it didn't exactly pan out the way I wanted it to, but I obviously learned a tremendous amount from it. So from the ideation to opening your first boutique, your friends thought you were nuts. What gave you the confidence and sort of the fortitude to go, I don't know this industry. My friends think I'm crazy. It's the worst idea they're saying I've ever had. Uh, let's do this. Uh, this. The truth is, is that I was not working and I was trying to figure out what my next act was going to be, what I was going to do. And my mom has always been a big proponent of you have to have a purpose in life. And if that purpose is volunteering or whatever it is, you can't just not have an actual purpose. My husband and I don't have children. We have a lot of dogs that we rescued, but I knew that I was sort of trying to figure it out. And in the midst of like, I made working out sort of my job because I had a broken foot and 
the only fitness I could do really was walk. So I walked 10, 15 miles a day, which turned into running, which turned into going to a lot of classes. And I realized I couldn't find anything that spoke to me or like that I related to in New York. And I was buying a lot of stuff online. And then I feel like this might sound crazy, but in some regard, I just knew that there could be something out there for me. And I feel like I manifested the idea. And one day I came home and I said, why is there no multi-brand activewear boutique? And I heard from everyone, if there isn't one, don't get any ideas. It's a horrible (laughs) idea. And if it was so good, wouldn't someone else have thought of it? Which is lovely to hear because you're like thinking to yourself, you know, I thought my idea wasn't like a bad one. But like now I know that it's completely like anybody else but me would have thought of it. I always believed in it. I knew there was a reason and it just never curbed my focus. But I knew at the same time, since I had no experience, I needed to find somebody to help me. So I was introduced to two people, one of whom is still a very big part of my life, Jane Harkness and we and I think Rebecca, you might know Jane, or we might have met you with Jane at one point. I think when we had our short-lived athleisure collection, I feel like I met her with you. So yes, exactly. And so Jane, real and I, I mean, I remember I, I just was like, I knew I couldn't open in New York because I couldn't afford the rents, and I knew that I couldn't do the. I had to give myself the best chance for the business to work. So I decided that we have a house in Southampton that I couldn't open in East Hampton or I would never go because the traffic would be so bad every weekend. I would complain about it and never get there. And what I decided was that we would open in Southampton and it had to be on Main Street because that would give us the best chance. And the rent, it was the same audience and it was, you know, it was a much more affordable and Jane and I curated it, which was so exciting. And I knew that despite everyone telling me they had no idea what I was talking about, that I knew that there were 50 other women in a class I was taking or men and that people were looking for new activewear and everybody wants to have their own spin on what they wear. And just the same way you might not wear a top and and jeans or a sweater by the same designer, you could do the same with active. So that was sort of the beginning of it. And I knew that sneakers needed to be part of the equation. And that summer in Southampton was, you know, was sort of proof of concept. So that weekend was proof of concept. And when you opened the New York City location and then started simultaneously having classes there, which I thought was brilliant, was that also a test and learn or you just knew that, you know, that was the natural next phase of this evolution of your stores and your brand? Well, I think what happened was we had a a pop-up originally at like 915 Broadway and it was literally looked like a bad Barney's. It would look like the stepchild of the Barney's warehouse sale. Not even, it wasn't anything even like that. It just was, but in that small space, 
we managed to, and it was supposed to be a pop-up for three months. We ended up staying there for a year and business was phenomenal. So then we, we took another location on Fifth Avenue that was like an, the building looked like an eyesore, but uh, at this point, my husband had joined the business and he was like, we can fix these things. And we made it into sort of like a Mecca of, there was a floor for fitness. We had a, on like the mezzanine, we had a coffee bar and we just had a multi, it was sort of like the store. We had multi-functional fitness instructors, you know, teaching whether it was Pilates or without a reformer or a yoga class or, you know, a, a boot camp, whatever, a dance class, whatever it was, we, we tried it out. And we had a lot of activations because I always looked at myself as the ultimate consumer. And like, why would I go to a store? I love like exploring online if I can. And I figured like what would get me there would be product I couldn't find anywhere else. Well, that's what I love about your stores. And I think that, you know, not just because I'm interviewing you, but I feel like someone's usually, at least what I've noticed is they're loyal to a specific brand. Oh, I only wear Athleta or Lululemon or whatever it is. But I feel like your store was the first of a kind that like any woman who had an allegiance to activewear was like, oh, I got to try this because the curation was incredible. And the merchandising was so dynamic that you were sort of, okay, maybe I can try something new. And I would love to go into how you how you approached it that way, again, with no experience and how you sort of made that to me, what really made you stand out? Well, I, I really have a passion for product. I love discovery. I, I, whenever I think of you particularly, I think of guitar straps. <laughs> I always think of rock and roll because I have a music background, but like, to me, that was very, so cool that like certain things that I think about, I, I mean, I love finding new brands. So that's how we discovered everything. People were literally rolling their bags into my apartment and they were like, I'm concerned that this is like, not like an office. And I was like, I promise you it's a new, new concept. And you know, nobody sort of knew, like people were like, are you Paragon or are you Dover street? And I said, we're a hybrid, but really how I discovered the product was, searching, looking everywhere. There was no stone unturned. And then eventually a lot of brands over the summer would come to us that found out about us. So it was constantly discovery and Jane helped. I mean, I, I had no idea how to, how to do a, you know, how to buy things, like how much product to buy, what not to buy. So Jane did that. But what I mostly did was find the product and then we curated it. It wasn't like we bought the whole collection. We sort of bought the best of what we loved. To those listening, this was before the boutique fitness craze had taken off. This was before, like, there's now a Soul Cycle, an Equinox, you name it, every block in New York City. So this was way before any of that. So once the market got crowded, what did you feel like you needed to do to stand out? Well, first of all, so happy to hear that. First of all, the word athleisure, which is not my favorite word because it sounds like someone's playing shuffleboard on the Aloha deck on the love boat, which it just doesn't, it's not like my dream title. The competition, you know, it's like fierce and 
it was, but we were multi-brand. So we were working on selling all these brands, but, you know, we always tried to, you know, do things differently. We did an artist collaboration, then someone copied it. We did our first fashion collaboration, which remember, this is seven years ago with Kushinia Ox. And it was incredible. It sold out in about, I don't know, an hour. It was like, you know, people were so excited. We were lucky enough that my husband has the vision of social media because we couldn't afford to pay for advertising, but we used influencers and we were lucky. We had incredible relationships with people that were organic fans of the brand. And we always tried to get ahead of, you know, always tried to be like, what's next? Like never sort of sit and say, you know, this is just the business and this is the way it is. But that's, it's not 1950 anymore where anybody could just, do, you know, say, I'm a doctor, this is what I do. And this is all it's going to, you know, this is the way I practice or whatever. It's like everything in our world now changes so quickly. So obviously the pace of today is nuts. And I think you and I both took advantage of those early years and organic connection, organic fans of the brand. What were some of the the failures you encountered, again, once the business was starting to mature, you know, once there was copycat stores and, and again, more and more people trying to get in on the space? I think that I always come from a, like a very good place. And I feel like I, integrity is in a very important to me. And I didn't, I think in health and wellness, I assume everyone, I don't know, you know, I was an idiot to believe that everyone else was like that. So, you know, there were a lot of failures in the sense that the failures that I feel were just people that were you know, whether it was an employee that they could offer a lot more money for, you know, I remember I was a startup. I didn't have the money that like established brands did. There were one, I don't, I, I really believe this. It's like with hiring, it's like, I have you never know. So you could get like one person who's phenomenal, or you could get someone who you think is phenomenal, but then they start working for you and they're not, they don't, you know, fit in with like your vision and they're trying to create their own. I think, you know, there were some people we brought into the business that weren't fantastic and that was very hard. And it's, you know, I'm very into giving people a chance to prove themselves and, you know, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. It works out the way it's sort of supposed to, you know, in like, I have no control over that. I think people, started taking ideas and whatever. Our failure was that we were going in such a fast pace in this industry that was growing so quickly. And, you know, as much as I feel like we didn't, there are other brands that we sort of nourished and grew. One thing I never really thought about until recently was I'm working with, with a company right now and they're investing in us you know, as a company and, you know, they want to make sure that their investment doesn't go to somebody else like that, that this investment means I'm going to continue to work with them in a certain sense. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I never looked at it like that. Like when a brand would come to me and be like, we need you, you know, like I was so excited about new product. I, I would put it on every employee 
and everyone would be so excited. And then a brand might say, you know what? We're bigger than you now. Bye. Or, you know, we're going to sell to the store next to you. And I, I didn't know about those things, you know, about, you know, let's say making sure that whether it was a contract or that we could have exclusive and that, you know, wasn't great to have five stores in the neighborhood selling the same product. So I feel like I have similar in that we would work with influencers when they were considered D-list celebrities Mm -hmm. and really went on a limb to sort of cultivate all these relationships. And then they would get bigger and be like, oh, bye, Felicia. Same. We only wear luxury. Bye, Felicia. We only wear luxury now, you know. Uh, And I was like, wow, okay, I guess this is the world we live in. It's very (laughs) hurtful. Yes. It's very hurtful. And I feel like I never get over it. Like I'm always still surprised. Uh, uh, You know what? We were very lucky with some of the influencers and then other influencers were, I mean, and even brands that were like, remember we're multi-brand. We, I can't even tell you how we broke our back breaking the brand or like exposing all the, this audience of women to it. And then it was like, bye, sorry, better offer. Yep. So it hurts. It's, I feel the same way. It really, I mean, I would ask you because you've been in fashion a lot longer than I have. Like, I don't know how all the time to emotionally separate myself from, you know, when you, when I get hurt by something, I try and think in my head, you know what? when sort of one door closes, another one opens and it's just business. And I, someone, my dad once said to me, remember, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I really, the more I think about that, the more it is true. It's a hundred percent true. And I think I've learned like, okay, at least with some of these girls, I, there's a certain lifespan where they are going to they are going to upgrade to their luxury bag. And so I, I have to like, just know that it's kind of like growing up, you know, the kids don't want to talk to their parents at a certain point. You just have to, I guess, be okay with that. But it hurts. I, I, I mean, for me, it hurts and it's, it could be heartbreaking, but you know, it, it's, I don't, if you know the answer for me, it's just, I try to not emotionally involve myself, but it's really when you care so much and you're so passionate about something you've created, how do you not get like emotionally attached to it? I think, I think that's human nature. And I think that's people that are building their businesses. It is like that, you know, and I don't know of a way to disconnect. It's kind of like, I know he's, I'm, I know he's going to break up with me, but I still love him anyways. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel the same way. And there have been a lot of things in the last couple of years that have been beyond my control that break my heart that I can't fix or I can't change, but they're sort of not within my control. And, you know, I I feel like I went into this business. I had come from the music business. I worked with three very strong, different women, and I, I never really realized how much I learned from them. And I know that like there have been so many 
ups and downs on my ride. And it has been, there are days that I think like, I just can't do this. Cause like it's, I'm heartbroken or, you know, not heartbroken, but like something I believe in is not working out the way I want it to, or, you know, whatever. Cause I get so attached to like making this, it's all, you know, when you're so passionate about your job, it's like, I think I have not, I I dreamt about two weeks ago or a month ago about a pair of leggings. I was like, there is something wrong with me (laughs) that I'm literally having dreams about leggings, but I'll always, there were a lot of people that were loyal and forever be grateful of them. And they were wonderful to work with, but it's, it's not easy. I mean, and let me say this to you, it's really like, First of all, if anything, I'm proud that I created something out of nothing because that's the same for you. It's not so easy to do that. For sure. It's not, it's, you know, it's, I mean, listen, being within a company is hard work as well, but you know, the, the person, the founder, the leader, the visionary has to plow through, like you said, like a whole hell of a lot of people who think this is a terrible idea and the worst thing one could possibly do. You know, but my employees are the best things that have ever happened to me because they keep me going. I mean, I, I love getting to know everyone. And I mean, as many people as I can know, it's not just like my show. It's the team is incredible. They're like the most valuable assets to my business. Yeah. Are the people that work there. And, you know, when you, when I have an employee that gets a better opportunity, they can't refuse. It breaks my heart. Yeah. You know, when you're just shocked by it and it, it just, it, it breaks for your heart. And listen, I don't come from, I had success in the music business. My QVC business was like before technology. So it was like destined not to do, it just, it, it was too much work for what it was. But I, I absolutely, from each experience, I learned a lot. And listen, I was, I come from a family of academics and I've never, I didn't even graduate from college because I was the worst student and always labeled like, Jennifer's a bad person in my era. It was like, if you weren't a good student, somehow that made you a bad person when I really just didn't even understand what they were saying half the time, but I managed in my own way to figure it out and go to college, but I didn't graduate. And I will do that at some point because Because I'm only six credits short. (laughs) Why? I don't really even care. I Um, usually don't care, but everyone's like, you're six credits short. I'm like, yeah, but what difference does it make? And you know what? Truthfully, school brings up very bad. Like it makes me, my self-esteem go as low as it can go because I was always like, she's nothing like her sister. She's not like the rest of the family. Clearly. Like, I mean, I can't even believe the things they would tell my mother. And my mother was like, are you crazy? Thank God my mom just never, ever caved into who I was. Because I was always different than everyone. And I always sort of like to do it things my own way. That doesn't mean the wrong way. It just means like, I just like to be my own person. And not everyone has to take the same path. You know, I think there used to be a time where you had one path and one choice and you're clearly not that way. I wasn't that way. And I think that the world, thank God, is opening up to that idea. I mean, 
Yeah. My cousin the other day, I was shocked, was like, not everyone needs to go to college. I was like, coming from you, that's a really big deal because apparently that was the only way to ensure success before. Yeah, it it really, isn't it unbelievable? It's like when there was, you know, I had a learning disability and they didn't want to label me as, you know, something, there was like a stigma attached to it. But the bottom line is, is I went to college, but school for me, you know, when you're young, where do you get your self-esteem from doing well in school? You could be athletic. But in school, I was just a failure from first grade. It was always like Jennifer's the worst student. I heard that over and over again. And it like crushes you because it makes you think, how can I ever accomplish anything when nobody thinks that I have anything to offer? But I feel like everything I learned, it made me into the person I am today. Do you ever have that pretty woman moment with yourself where you look around at what you've created and... I, the best moment for me is I would, when I was at the airport in, I, I don't even, in Miami maybe, and I saw a woman wearing a designer we carried. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. Where did you buy that? I mean, where did you get that? Because I thought it was like something, some exclusive. And she goes, oh my God, I live in Dallas. I got it at my favorite store, Bandier. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just can't even believe somebody knows it. You know, I'm always in shock. It it never, you know, the fact when somebody tells me that they love a legging or that they don't, I mean, I I don't really love to listen to people complain constantly that something doesn't fit them perfectly, but because a lot of it I don't make, but when I make something, I'm so, even the fact that people shop there, it's like, it never gets old for me. I'm shocked. Well, I love that your enthusiasm, you know, eight years in, right? It's still, it still seems like it's as much as it was when you started, which is great because I feel like sometimes being an entrepreneur, the man can get you down, not the man, just life. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And you know what? It's so good for, you know what? Vulnerability to me is a very strong, like, important quality. Yeah. Because I don't have that burden on me of being perfect. I know I always say at work progress, not perfection because we're on a road and every step, you know, there are wins and losses, but it's always progress. And I, I just don't feel like I see other women that live with a burden of like their lives are perfect. Everything's perfect. And I used to feel like what's wrong with me? Like my life isn't perfect. I'm having like all these issues. <laughs> Work is so crazy. And then I realized I was like comparing my insides, like to the way how I felt to how they looked to me on the outside and what they were saying to me. And then I realized nobody's life is perfect. I mean, I wish people had perfect lives, but it's just not possible. Right. And being real actually normalizes it. Totally. And I love being able to admit to you that there are days that are really bad, that are really hard, but you know what? I, I'm not, I just know enough to know that if I could get through, I I watch so many stories or documentaries or things about people that have 
like beat all the odds and become successful. And that is what inspires me because I think if they can get through this, I can certainly do the same. We have to, right? We have no other choice but to, but to get through it and but to survive. Totally. I mean, and I'm very, I'm a huge basketball fan. I mean, I'm an ultimate Knicks fan, but I love the game of basketball. I like, I watch it like the playoffs with my girlfriends where she lives in Miami and we're on the phone. My, my TV is always delayed. I'm like, don't tell me what happened. (laughs) We're on the phone at one o'clock in the morning or I talk to my dad, my husband, my, we're always talking about the different players and I always, their stories inspire me a lot of times also, you know, just how hard and, you know, it's circumstance of not having every, you know, everything around them were the most support and they somehow they rose and became the best or have exceeded their dreams. I'm going to send my son to you because he too is obsessed with basketball. (laughs) And that's all we talk about in our house. Oh my God. Tell him to call me. First (laughs) of all, I'm obsessed and I'm obsessed. Jimmy Butler is one of my favorite all-time players. He plays for the heat, but I'm also like the last two years, but especially this year, I'm obsessed with John Moran. Like I cannot get enough of him. He plays for Memphis because I've ne- he's six three, and I've never seen anyone jump higher. I love it. I don't even know who that is, but my son will definitely know who that is. Tell him just say John J A. He'll know John Moran. Okay. So what's next for you? You have five. Been years. Uh, we didn't even get to touch on the pandemic and what the hell that did for you. I don't know if you want to cover that, like how you stayed around her business or got creative. And then I would love to hear what's next. I think during the pandemic was, it's still complicated because I'm somebody who does better in person. Like I like to be around and we're, we're two days in the, or three days in the office now, but I've been I like in the last six months, I've made up for all the travel I didn't do for two years. So I've literally been away almost the whole summer for work. We have a phenomenal new CEO that I'm super excited about. And we have some great new additions to our team. We have like some collaborations that I can't really talk about, but they're amazing. We're working with really incredible women And I think the future for us is to continue to support. I've always been about women supporting other women. And I've always admired the fact that like you, for you, Rebecca, you've always got involved. Like I was never that person that was like dying to be involved in everything, but the female, you know, founder collective, the, and the fact that you have a podcast, you work, you have a family. I always like, I've never thought of myself as super involved, but in my own way, I do get involved in certain things because I invest in people so much. Like I get involved with people that work for me, making, you know, see, I love watching people in my office grow from working in the store to working, you know, as a, a manager or a, you know, something within the office, a buyer, whatever it is. And I, I think the future is like, there's so many exciting things happening and I'm just really grateful and appreciative that people are fans that love Bandier. We, we definitely have people 
that always want to ask me about it. And I'm, I'm still, I'm being honest with you, Rebecca, I'm shocked. I'm literally like, really? I'm like, they're like, are you are Jennifer? I'm like, oh my God, are you going to punch me? Or are you going to like <laughs> hug me? Or like, what's going on? But all I can do is like, I'm just, I'm very grateful. And I, I honestly, I think the biggest thing we have is we have this massive, massive in the, I can't wait to tell you when it, it happens, but we have a massive collaboration. So I'm super excited about that. And I think that, you know, as the world changes and my job changes a little with our new CEO, I can get back to doing some of the things that I love to do, discover product, ideate, create, that I haven't been able to do as much. Well, that's exciting. New roles, new opportunities. I've always, when, whenever my role changed, when I went from just designer, let's just say to the face and then founder and then advocate. And like, sometimes it was exciting. And sometimes I was like having an identity crisis. And so I'm excited for your next journey and, and what that means. And now you have me like waiting, like what, what is this? So my last two questions that I like to ask all my guests are, what is one piece of advice you'd love to pass on that you either learned the hard way or someone gave to you? And the second question is, what would we be very surprised to know about you? Okay. So my advice would be trust your, your gut, your intuition, and, and don't fear is what stops people most of the time. A lot of people have great ideas. They just never follow through with them. And my big thing would be if you believe in it and you have the opportunity to make it happen, then do it. And if you fail, if unfortunately that will just be part, failure is part of success. It always is. Yep. And I would say, and I, and what I said earlier is that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I love that. I always tell people, especially those who grew up with screens, adjust your time horizon. Oh, I love that. You know, you have a lot of things that are instant gratification, but your career doesn't get to be one of them that I've found. Yeah. It, it, it you know what? It, it takes a minute and it's, I'm telling you, it really is a marathon for all. I mean, listen, a lot of people have immediate like success and they just do, it seems like everything goes perfect for them. But you know what, for the reality is, is that you just really have to stick with it. Agreed. And what would we be surprised to know about you? And it can't be your love of basketball because you already told me that. Okay. It can't be, or my love of hip hop that I every, <laughs> I'm always rapping. My husband and I feud all the time. We have rap battles in our house. Oh my God. I would love to see that. It's constant. Okay. Well, Men are obsessed with true crime, but I'm not, I, I'm really obsessed with television. Like to an, I, I, but not, it's not surprising to know though, because I, I love pop culture, but I would say like, I watch because I travel so much and I can't sleep on a plane all the time. And I might be on it for 12 hours. I'll watch an entire season of a show in a night. I, I think people will be surprised really that like, Literally, I stand in I in my apartment listening to loud music and dancing all the time. I love and it. So, like, I love classic dance music from the eighties. 
I love the group channel on um, Sirius XM. I listened to that and I love, I just went to the songwriters hall of fame and I was like, I felt like I was living my like greatest dream of watching the Isley brothers and Pharrell and Chad, the Neptunes. I love music. I'm such a music person and it's going to play a bigger role in the brand, a much bigger role. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this news. And I'm sure now everyone's going to be like, damn it. We wish she didn't believe in superstition because she could have shared it, but that's okay. Where can people follow you, find you and shop? Well, you know, bandier.com. And my Instagram is just Jennifer Bandier and Bandier is our Instagram Wow. What an incredible and wild ride you have had and have to come. I can't thank you enough for being an amazing guest and sharing everything you did and can't wait to connect offline. Thank you for having me. I'm really appreciative and grateful for the opportunity to spend time with you and, you know, just be able to be honest with you and share that, you know what, just if anyone out there is struggling or like about with their business, just hold on and keep going. It, it gets better. It gets worse Then it gets even better. It is a roller coaster for sure. So <laughs> strap in, strap in and get ready. Exactly. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again. And you will hear from me next week.